Hello and welcome to episode 24 of the Training with Tucker podcast. My name is Tucker Gross. I am an endurance athlete and coach, and I started this podcast to put out short weekly episodes on a variety of different training topics to help athletes out there improve and have a deeper understanding of how to train. Today, I'm bringing on returning guest Elizabeth Scott to chat about running-related injuries, why they happen at such a high rate, how to prevent them, and what to do when you get injured. Elizabeth is also a running coach and podcast host of the fantastic Running Explained podcast, which I was lucky enough to be a guest on in episode number four, and she was a guest on my podcast in episode number 11. I will link to both of those episodes in the show notes. Whether you are currently dealing with an injury or are just hoping to prevent running-related injuries, or you just want to hear two running coaches chat, I know you will enjoy this one. So here is my conversation with Elizabeth Scott. Elizabeth, you are my first returning guest. So first off, just want to welcome you back to, to my show um, and give, give the audience a little update on everything that you've been up to in, in training and in life since you were on my podcast last, which I believe was episode 11, uh, several months back. So how are you doing? Oh, I'm good, Tucker. Thanks for having me back on. I'm excited about this conversation today because I feel like it's a very timely and relevant conversation, unfortunately, this fall, maybe more than any other time of year. Um, but I've been good. I've been very busy over at Running Explained. Things are growing and growing. Uh, in personal news, I am about to run a marathon next weekend, the Hartford Marathon. So first in-person race in quite some, well, that's not true. I guess I ran a tune-up half marathon earlier this year, but that was just for fun. So first like big in-person race back uh, since COVID hit. And I'm just looking forward to being back in a race environment again. That's awesome. Um, and it's going to be such an incredible, it already has been a great fall, but I feel like next weekend, especially with Boston, with Chicago, uh, to timestamp this one, we're recording on the 1st of October. So next weekend, you've got two marathon majors, Hartford Marathon's another big one in the Northeast. Um, Berlin was, was last weekend. We've got a lot of big races coming up that people have been training for all summer long, as you mentioned. And as I talked about in the intro, we are going to talk about injuries today. And you know, as you said, this is something that as coaches, we are seeing a lot of, um, right now. And we'll talk more about that as we get going of, of why we think that is, but How's your training been? Are you, do you feel prepared for, for Hartford? You know, I'd like to say I feel like I'm going to toe the start line, having given it everything that I could have this training cycle, but that's not true. And I am, um, I've had a weird training cycle because of injury, which is something we'll talk about a bit more as we get into the episode. And I'll share my experience about making some tough decisions. But you know, marathon training in and of itself is a marathon. And the fact that I'm making it to the start line in one piece, knowing I can complete the distance, seeing what I'm capable of giving on race day, that's what I'm most excited about. Yeah, for sure. I have a training group here in Denver. And I was saying to the group the other day that like, 
the hard part is done. You know, you've gotten through the training and you're ready to go. And that's the important thing. Um, there's no such thing as a perfect training block as much as we would like to think there is. So, uh, glad to hear that you are healthy and you know, you can complete the distance. That's the important thing. And it's going to be a, a great adventure and experience to see what you're capable of. And I'm excited to, to hear how it goes. No, thank you. So let's start talking about running injuries. Um, you know, it's something that we're, we all deal with and as coaches, you know, we're involved in the journey for our athletes and inevitably, you know, we are dealing with injuries ourselves at certain points or with our athletes and how to, how to navigate that. So we're going to talk a lot about those sorts of things today, but just to kind of lay the foundation here, I did a little research into running injuries and, you know, I've heard the stats over the years and doing research for this episode, it was very apparent that of the studies that have been done, the the range of of number of athletes that get that get hurt on a yearly basis is is all over the map. Um, no study says the same thing, but it seems to be that in a lot of these these studies, fifty to eighty percent of all runners get hurt at some point every year, and that's an incredibly high number and uh you know is is very scary and of course we we all as runners hear people say like i don't know how you you run marathons like my knees are hurting just thinking about that you know there's there's this perception out there that you can't run long term without doing damage to your body and that's just not true but injuries do seem to be almost this inevitable part of our sport so why don't we just start talking about some of our experiences with injuries? Sounds like you've had some recently, what we've dealt with personally, and then we can start talking a little more about, you know, why this happens and some mistakes that, that we see athletes make. Um, and then we'll kind of wrap up by giving some advice for how to prevent injuries and what people can do with the time that they have when they do sustain an injury. So first off, what injuries have you dealt with from, and we're going to specifically talk about running related injuries, not, you know, accidents and, and things like that, specifically injuries that you sustain due to your training. So um, what injuries have you dealt with over your career and, and in your recent training block? You know, it's funny, Tucker, when we were putting together this episode outline and you asked, you know, talking about how many runners get injured every year. Most runners, I, you know, I think every runner is going to get injured at some point, right? It's just about the severity of the injury and whether it is a one time or a recurring injury. So for me personally, um, I have actually been fairly lucky in my injury history. I experienced IT band syndrome as a new runner patellofemoral syndrome, aka runner's knee. Both are very common injuries um, for especially new runners. I have had recently this tricky little injury that I've been chasing down for some time now. And it is a um, dysfunction of my uh, left side posterior chain because of how I sit in my office chair all day that has led to tightness of my hamstring, my calf, 
and um, a weakness in my left arch that is also resulting in inflammation in my medial posterior tibialis muscle. So wow. it's one of those things where it's like, it's one of those weird running injuries where the, where the injury pops up is really almost never where the injury originates. And so when this injury first started presenting itself, it was in reduced hip mobility from side to side. So my ground contact time balance was wildly disproportionate from left to right. And then the um, uh, muscle that was inflamed actually is in the same place that many people experience shin splints or stress fractures. So the big concern was that I had a stress fracture. Well, it's not, but it is one of those weird classic running injuries that takes forever to actually diagnose and probably could have been prevented with some very specific kinds of strength training earlier on. Yeah. And that's also another another thing that I think is pretty common with running related injuries is that you know everything is interconnected and that can can be a challenge because you might be feeling pain in your left foot, you know, or your left knee, but the issue might actually be something on the right side that you're compensating for. So finding the root cause can be really challenging. Um, but glad to hear that you were able to figure out what was going on and, and have been able to, uh, you know, come up with a treatment plan. Um, similarly, I have managed to stay pretty darn healthy for a lot of my running career. And I attribute that mostly to the fact that I ran competitively in high school. And so you know, I did have a bit of a, of a foundation. My lifetime mileage, you know, was a bit higher than people who were just coming into the sport in their, you know, like 20s and 30s. And so, you know, I had some experience and I've also been pretty good at listening to my body and knowing when to dial things back. Um, but for me, the the ongoing issue is my left ankle. And that stems from, I believe, two, two parts of it. One is I played ice hockey growing up. So I spent a lot of time in a very supportive boot. And so I think that I didn't really establish a lot of the, the strength on, on its own in the ankle. And, you know, in addition to that, my diagnosis is that being a righty, I do everything with my right hand or my right foot. And so that my left side is just a little bit weaker than my right. And so when I really got into trail running about five, six years ago, I rolled my ankles quite a bit and the left seems to have just kind of developed a, a weakness. So that's been an issue for me. I'm, I've been going through PT the last eight weeks now um, as I'm leading up for the, the Boston Marathon uh, next Monday. and. I feel like I'm I'm in a place now where I'm I'm very confident that it's not going to be an issue during the race, but it's still an ongoing thing that I'll probably always be dealing with. Um, ankles tend to be something that once they've weakened, it's really hard to build up to 100% strength again. But um, it's a, it's an ongoing process. So um, so yeah. Anyways, and you know, one thing I wanted to touch on as well is just talking about some of the most common running injuries and things that I've found in, in some of the literature out there, you know, really points to a lot of things that we've already talked about is, uh, the most common injuries being showing up in the knee, um, in the calf or the Achilles tendon area, and then in the, in the feet and the lower legs. 
And I was curious, what have you experienced with being involved in the running community and coaching athletes and speaking with a lot of uh, running coaches and, and athletes on your on your podcast? What have you heard? What do you think are some of the most common running injuries out there that people are dealing with now and, and in the past year or so? I mean, those are definitely the key ones. And it's really tough because knee injuries um, can encompass so many different types of knee-related dysfunction from IT band syndrome, which actually originates in your hip but presents in the outer knee, to patellofemoral syndrome, but is it on the top or the bottom of your patella? Um, but a lot of injuries that I've I've heard, and I'm, I'm not a physical therapist, so I actually haven't seen or diagnosed any injuries, but people describing symptoms of fairly classic overuse injuries where they are increasing their mileage and or intensity too much, too quickly. Um, they are not working on basic strength training that all runners should be doing, even just things that are simple as the myrtle routine, squats, lunges, core work, things that really um, can make the little difference between somebody feeling, experiencing pain or your muscles being able to withstand the load. Yeah, absolutely. So let's go into that. You know, as I mentioned, studies out there have shown up to around 80% of, of athletes get hurt every year. As you mentioned earlier, every runner is going to deal with an injury at some point. You know, it may, might not be this year, might not be this training cycle, but it, it likely at some point you will be dealing with something. And injury is the word we're using right now, but, you know, this includes little niggles and, you know, pain, discomfort, you know, after certain training uh, runs and things like that. So it doesn't necessarily mean that you have to take a week or two off or you get diagnosed by a doctor, but every runner is going to be dealing with something inside of the, the scope of an injury. Why do you think that this happens? Why do runners get hurt and injured at such a high rate? A couple of reasons. Um, running is a high impact sport. Like running, running's kind of dangerous if you're not really careful about how you do it. And I think especially for a lot of newer runners who are coming from a place where they think if their lungs can handle it, their legs can handle it. So they get to a place where their lungs are no longer burning. They think, you know, I can really handle the distance and start running more and more and more and more, not understanding that it's not your lungs we're concerned about. It's your actual structural integrity of your body. It's your muscles, your bones, and your ligaments, which require so much more time to develop properly than your quote unquote lungs do. So running injuries are not the same as a chronic, you know, an acute injury that you would experience on the sports field. They're mostly chronic injuries that um, accumulate and over time. So very rarely will you start one run completely healthy and finish it injured. Yep. You unless you fell, right? Unless you actually, you know, something happened. Usually running injuries are accumulated over the days, weeks, months, and sometimes years that we spend running and not addressing the problem or running with a slight dysfunction in one way or the other. So the reason I think a lot of runners end up injured is because these injuries occur so slowly that by the time the injury actually presents itself, like it's already, it's too late. They're injured, right? By the time they notice it, it's already there. Yeah. And, and you did a fantastic job of explaining your situation that you've dealt with this training cycle. And, 
you know, th- that's the the challenging thing is that you can't just look at, okay, I'm starting to deal with a little bit of pain discomfort here. What can I do for that? You know, and a lot of people will do that. It's like, all right, I'm dealing with, you know, some knee pain. Okay, I'll ice my knee. You know, instead of looking at, all right, well, what is the cause here? What is the, is really attributing to this? And oftentimes, as you mentioned, this does occur over time. Um, and, it, and it is something that, uh, you know, builds up over the the course of many weeks and months. And by the time that you're dealing with it, it's, it's not necessarily too late, but um, you are at a spot where strength training is, is, necessary, but you really should have been doing it months before. Um, and, and as you mentioned from the top, running is a high impact activity. And when you run every single step that you take, roughly two to three times your body weight is the amount of force that's going through your body, you know, which is a lot. Let's just take a 150 pound athlete or 175 pound athlete, you know, times that by three. That's a lot of weight, you know, and that's due to the to gravity, essentially, right? That's um, bringing down your body weight to the ground, and every time your foot strikes the ground, you have to absorb that, and it's primarily absorbed by your feet, your lower legs, and it kind of dissipates up the chain. And how well you absorb that force is really what determines if you're able to stay healthy or not. And if you have any areas of weakness or limitations in, in how you're moving, um, that's going to eventually cause some problems. So we've already touched on some of these common mistakes. You talked about building up volume, building up intensity too quickly. Uh, but what are some of the other common mistakes that you see that runners make and leads to injury, burnout, and, and these sorts of things? So a lot of people are wondering like, oh, is my form causing a running injury? And most of the time, our bodies settle into the most efficient running form for our personal biomechanics. However, there are some cases in which your running form is probably directly contributing to a running injury, and that's specifically overstriding. So if you, when you run, if you're a leading foot, the foot that as you take your step, it hits the ground in front of your body as opposed to directly under or very near the center of your mass. It's you looks like you have your classic leg stuck out in front of you when you run. That is called overstriding. And that puts excessive force on your knee joint. It acts as a break. So it's actually just a really terrible and efficient way to run in general. And it it almost guarantees that it will cause a running injury. It's just a matter of when. So fixing overstriding is a huge yes in what you are wanting to look at in your running form. Um, And this is one of those interesting, as you said before, everything in our body is connected things is that one of the best ways to fix overstriding is to increase your cadence, to take more steps per minute. Usually you want to take smaller steps to stay in your same effort zone. So more smaller steps per minute. However, when many runners change from a overstriding to a higher cadence and their foot starts landing under their body, they also inadvertently go from heel striking to being a midfoot striker. So instead of landing on their heel, they start landing on their midfoot. That changes which muscles and tendons in your lower leg are loaded compared to when you were a foot striker. So for people who have been overstriding, 
increase their cadence, end up as midfoot strikers. They say, well, God, like, you know, my calves are really like uh, my calves are super tight. My calves are hurting. Like what's happening? That's because you're using different muscles that you weren't using before. And they have to adjust to their new role in your running mechanics. Yeah, that, that is such a great point. And heel striking gets a bad rap because it is associated with overstriding. And I'm not a heel striker. I don't encourage people to, to, you know, to heel strike. But as you mentioned, everybody's different. And so if you are able to land on your heel and you're landing close to under the center of mass, you can get away with it. And there are negatives to being a midfoot or, you know, a forefoot striker. And I, I typically land on my forefoot, but I, th- I do think that's a reason why I have dealt with some Achilles tendonitis in the past is that that can put more stress on your Achilles tendon, on your calves and, and things like that. So there, there isn't a right way to run. I think that's the big takeaway here. And something else that that I know we both agree on that is can be a mistake runners make. And I think this is a pretty common one is, is that they aren't balancing the, the stress and the rest. And so there are a couple of ways that that shows up. And I think the most common one is that people run too intensely too often. And it doesn't mean that they are running a, a race every day or like tempo effort every day. It just means that they aren't going slow enough and really recovering on their easy run days. They're maybe running like 15 or 30 seconds per mile faster than they should be. But just that added stress is enough to where the body isn't able to recover, isn't able to you know, fully build up that strength and durability. And then when they are trying to hit the hard workouts, their body is overstressed and eventually leads to some sort of injury. Um, so balancing the the stress and the rest is something that I, I see as, as being a common problem. And the other area that, that I see that happen is athletes who uh, run too often. And, and there's a lot of people out there that fall into this trap where they hate off days. And every one of my athletes takes at least one day off per week but there probably should be more days off per running than most people want to do. And this is probably true for me as well. Um, I, I know that, that I'm guilty of this sometimes too, is that you know there are a lot of other things that you can be doing to supplement your training that don't include running. And yes, running is important if you're training for a running event, but you know, we've talked a lot about the strength exercises that you should be doing, and that takes time. If you only have so much available time in a day, you need to make sure that you're prioritizing some of that work and not just focused on, all right, I have an hour. Well, I'm going to go for an hour run, maybe go for a 45 minute run and then spend 15 minutes doing some strength exercises. Um, Because I think too often athletes are spending a lot of their available time on their running and they also don't like taking off days. So they'll think, well, what's, what's the harm in going out for a 30 minute run? Well, your body is now not able to recover, rest. And, you know, one of the things that I think most people are not aware of is that 
when you train, you're actually causing a lot of breakdown, not just in your muscles, right? We're aware of that, that, that we're breaking down our muscles, but you're also causing damage to, you know, the connective tissue, to your bones themselves. And it's when we rest and recover that we're able to actually repair. So if you're taking away time from the process of repairing the damage, well, now you're, you're putting yourself at a higher risk for injury. Something that I also see uh, runners do is that they tend to overload their volume on specific days relative to their overall training week. So what this looks like is people who maybe run once or twice during the week, you know, three or four miles at a time, and then they'll run 15 miles on the weekend. <laughs> like that is a wildly imbalanced way to load your body. Um, and I also see this in a lot of the some commonly available free marathon training plans too, where the weekday volume is relatively low, and then they're running 20 miles on the weekends. And notwithstanding the fact that that is not necessarily appropriate for every runner to run a 20 miler in their marathon training buildup, it takes them longer than roughly three hours to do it. But like, that's not a very efficient way to spread out as you were just talking about all of that damage that occurs when you run is just going to be magnified the longer and longer that you spend on your feet. So if you're spending the majority of your training week in one single long run, that is not a very appropriate or healthy way for you to be training. Yeah, that's a great point for sure. Um, and I think as you, as you talked about, there's a lot of, of training plans out there and, and that's one of the issues that, that I, I see with, you know, getting a, a free online training plan is that it, it's not designed specifically for you. And there are certainly people out there that can get away with that. Maybe they don't have a lot of available time during the week and, you know, they're not able, they have a busy job and family and whatnot, and they aren't able to get a lot of training during the week. Well, if you've been running marathons for 10 years, you can probably get away with that type of a training plan and be okay. Um, but if you're a new, new runner, that's probably going to be the exact opposite of what you need. You're better off kind of spreading things out over, over the course of the week. And maybe you're only running 10, 12 miles for your long runs, but it's much better to get to the start line healthy than trying to push that long run up to 20 miles and end up, you know, having to, you know, take time off or not even be able to, to toe the line. And anecdotally, I'll say, especially this fall season with COVID, we have a lot of newly minted runners, a lot of runners who are running their first marathon this fall. And I do get a lot of questions, of course, as part of what I do is answer questions, people who are uh, anecdotally relating to me that they have basically followed a specific training plan and gotten injured. And so my question to them is always, well, which plan were you following? And sometimes they say, well, I'm just making up my training. And that's like a huge red flag. And then I go into a little educational spin about how dangerous that is and how that's why they're injured. But often it's a lot of runners who are doing exactly what you described. They pick that free plan off the internet, not understanding that it's wildly inappropriate for their current ability, did those 20 milers, took them four and a half hours to do, and now they're injured. And, and they have a race day in three weeks, right? So like that's that's the danger here. It's People are so afraid of being able to run the volume on race day that they they think they need to follow a plan that hits certain milestones, like the 20 miler or, or for a half marathon, whatever those different distances are for your goals, without understanding that there are so many different ways to train 
based on what you're currently capable of, not just what the plan, the plan says you should be doing. Yeah, 100%. So I I want to move on here and kind of wrap up this part of the discussion by just talking a little bit about injury prevention. Um, We've already given some some good tips here, but what would your like your your low hanging fruit kind of be that every athlete should be doing on on a daily, weekly basis to or bigger picture? What can they do to prevent getting injured and having to take time off from training? One of the best ways to prevent injury is to make sure that you are doing strength training appropriate for runners and also working on your mobility. So strength and mobility is a non-negotiable part of your training. The problem with doing strength as part of your training is that when you're doing it consistently and you don't get injured, it's hard to prove the negative, right? So it's hard to think, oh, but if I hadn't gotten, you know, hadn't been doing strength training, might I have gotten injured? I don't know. But I do know that there are so many stories out there of runners who were doing strength training consistently, let it fall by the wayside, and boom, now they have an injury pop up. So strength training is like, it's so easy to do too, because it doesn't take a huge investment. Body weight strength is totally fine. Strength training is like one of the most important things you could do for injury prevention. Um, And then the second most important thing for injury prevention is making sure that you're training at an appropriate volume for your ability, taking those easy days easy and not doing too much too soon. So not increasing your volume too rapidly, not running every single day, not, you know, doing things that are overloading your body that you think are making you a better runner, but are actually just breaking you down. Yep. And the the only other one that I would add, and you already you already gave the uh, the disclaimer here, neither of us are physical therapists. And I think one of the most important things you can do is speak with somebody who's a professional. And it's something that a lot of us are very stubborn about. And I'll, I'll admit that, you know, I, I have not really done as much of this as I, as I should. I only recently started going to PT consistently and more in a preventative way than in a reactive way for, you know, some sort of injury. Don't wait until you are sidelined to the point where you cannot run to, to seek out a physical therapist. Start working with somebody now and they'll be able to give you specific strength exercises that they think you should be doing for your body. There are great uh, YouTube videos and there's plenty of training plans out there for athletes on the strength side to to help build up your your core strength, your glute strength, um, all of those sorts of things that are really important for runners. There's plenty of good options out there, but doesn't necessarily mean that that's that's handling the, the specific areas that you need to work on, the, the, the areas that might be a little bit weaker in your body. So speak with a physical therapist because they know what they're doing and they're going to be able to help you, you know, come up with a personalized strength plan so that you can prevent injuries or if you're dealing with a little niggle, hopefully get recovered and prevent that from happening again. I want to co-assign that 100%. And seeing a professional... Um, will actually help you understand how your body works. I know there's a lot of common, you know, advice given about, oh, runners tend to have weak glutes. Runners tend to have weak uh, hips. Runners tend to have these specific issues that need to be strength trained. Well, some runners actually have the problem. Some runners have weak quads. Some runners have weak, like, so if you are thinking, oh, I'm a runner, I have weak glutes, and you're doing a whole bunch of glute exercises, 
you could actually be doing the opposite of what you need to be doing for your specific body. That's why it's not just enough to assume that you are just like every other runner and start doing the thing you see on YouTube. Like actually go get advice from somebody who can assess you properly and will help you figure out the things that you need for your body. So I want to finish up this episode by talking about what to do when you get injured. And I think this is a really important piece that isn't talked about enough in in all of sport, but especially in running. And truth be told, I have never had a time where an injury derailed my training. Um, I've never had an injury that has, knock on wood, you know, kept me from towing the line. Um so I've, I've been lucky to stay mostly healthy, but I have had experience with athletes. And so I'm curious, Elizabeth, what, what is the advice you would give to an athlete that you coach that is dealing with an injury that is preventing them from, from running and they have to take some time off? So there are a couple of different ways we want to classify injuries, right? An injury that changes the way you run, causes you to limp, it has pain present at rest, like those are all actually very serious. Like those are like get thee to a PT ASAP kind of injuries. Um, stress fractures are, and again, an even more serious category. I, for There are many types of running injuries where we might want to do something like active rest or reduce the running and add certain things, but you can continue to train and run through it. Um, stress fractures are not that kind of injury. And actually that's that one of the things I said earlier is that the injury that I was dealing with um, this year that I I thought could have been a stress fracture. I actually was supposed to run a marathon in August and withdrew from that marathon because I thought I might have a stress fracture. Like that is a non-negotiable. If you, if you think you might have a stress fracture or you have a stress fracture, there is going to be no running for you until you go to a medical professional, get a diagnosis, get a return to, you know, plan. Um, Signs of a stress fracture are localized pinpointed pain, pain that wakes you up at night, um, pain, you know, it's going to be present on your bone. Like it's not like, oh, I'm like glute. It's like, no, it's going to be in your bone. So stress fractures are very serious and need to be treated as such. But for many running injuries that can be rehabbed while continuing to train in some capacity, you actually do want to continue to train in some capacity. You want to work on your strength in that area. You want to continue to work your muscles and get blood flow to areas as long as it's appropriate to do so. Because pure rest is not going to be how you actually fix an injury. All rest is going to do if you're like, oh, I'll just take a week off and then I'll be fine. Well, all you've done is just kind of let your inflammation calm down a little bit. You didn't actually fix the problem. So the odds of that injury returning, if you, all you do is rest, those odds are pretty high. Yeah, you're, you're essentially putting a Band-Aid on a on a bullet wound there, right? The, the root cause of what's going on isn't going away. And now you've taken time off. And when you come back, you're probably, you know, you're going from zero to back to running like normal because you feel okay. You're probably going to make it worse. Another thing that, that I wanted to touch on is the, the mental side of this. And when you sustain an injury, it's totally normal to feel a wide range of emotions. And it is in many ways a, a significant loss. Um, it is something that is very normal to, to grieve when you 
are used to being able to do something that you are now told you you cannot do anymore. And so the advice that I give to, to athletes is to just be very um, gentle with themselves and open to feeling all the feels and whatever emotions they are feeling is, is totally okay. But I do encourage them to use this as an opportunity. And it, it can be very hard to see an injury as an opportunity, especially when it impacts a race. Uh, if you have to take time off in training, it's going to impact how you can perform on race day. If you have to n not start a race or can't finish a race, um, that's obviously a major disappointment. But there is opportunity in everything, even a setback like an injury. And so things that I encourage athletes to do when they do sustain an injury is to think about what other things they might be able to focus their, their time and energy on now that maybe they've put on the back burner for some time. Maybe it's another hobby. Maybe it's spending time with a friend group that, that isn't interested in running 60 miles a week. Um, you know, there are other things out there that you can do uh, that, that maybe you were spending five to 10 hours a week on your running. Now you can focus on, on doing other things. Maybe it's uh, cooking different meals. Maybe it's, um, you know, doing other activities that, that aren't weight bearing if you, if you can't, uh, can't do that for now, but finding the opportunity there to, to do other things that will bring you joy, um, I think is really, really helpful. And the last piece that, that I advise athletes to do when they sustain an injury is to really look back and examine what may have led to this. And Obviously, we've talked about seeing a PT, seeing a professional. So I'm assuming that that you're doing that if you're hurt. But beyond that, look at your training. And if you work with a coach, this is something that I do with my athletes when they get hurt, which unfortunately happens. It doesn't happen a lot to my athletes. But when it does, you know, we look back at their training and we try to figure out what we could do better because we don't want this to happen again. We want to make sure that we do everything possible to prevent this from happening. And as we've talked about, that could include increasing your volume too quickly. It could include doing too much high-intensity training. Um, you know, maybe it includes uh, how you how you take cutback weeks, recovery weeks. Maybe you need to increase the frequency of, of how much rest you're taking. There are a lot of things that you can evaluate that uh, you know hopefully can can be adjusted in future training to make sure that that this doesn't happen again. And that's also where the value of keeping a good training log comes in because keeping, so training a log is not just about, you know, your distance and your pace and your heart rate and your cadence, all the things that your watch spits into, you know, wherever you keep your, your running information, but whether you use something with your coach, like a final surge or a training peaks app, or you're logging your own training log, like in a diary or in a spreadsheet, making notes about how you felt on that run, if anything popped up having those notes to refer back to. And you can look back and say, oh, wow, four months ago, I noted left arch felt weird. Boom. And then, you know, and it might, that could be directly related to the injury you're experiencing now, but having that historical data, those notes to look back on and trace that injury back in time and say, wow, that actually popped up way, way earlier than I thought when I was thinking back, because our memories are so imperfect. Keep a training log. It's a really valuable tool. 
that's that's certainly a, a great tip for for anyone that's self coached or even working with a coach. It's really valuable to have that that data and that feedback. Well, I think that we've just about covered everything here. Um, do you have anything else that you wanted to to add to this topic of of injury prevention and and how to deal with uh, you know with the time that you have if you have sustained an injury? I think the most important thing to understand about running injuries is that you are not alone. I know that there can maybe sometimes feel like the shame of, oh, I got injured. I must've done something wrong. But like we talked about earlier in the episode, statistically, every runner is going to experience a running injury at some point, including professional athletes. Like it just because, you know, you're doing everything quote unquote, right. Makes you less prone to injury. Um, But if you end up getting injured, that's okay. That just happens sometimes. And as Tucker was saying, use it as an opportunity to learn about your body and figure out how you can better do or better change your training going forward. That is such great advice. And the reality is when we are training, you know, we're trying to improve ourselves, obviously. I assume that most people have some sort of goal, whether it's a fitness goal, a time goal, a race goal, distance goal. But we are trying to improve our, ourselves so that we can improve our performance. And in order to improve, we have to apply stress. That's how we adapt. We have to apply stress. And oftentimes, we are kind of towing this line of applying enough stress to create adaptation, but not going over the line to where we start to see breakdown. And that can be a really tough line to, to tow. You don't know necessarily as you're going along which side of that line you're on. Um, so it can be really tough. But I think you, you make a great point there. That's a great way to wrap this up to say you're not alone. It's okay. Um, there are people out there who are dealing with the same things you are. And hopefully you can find some support, whether that's from a coach, a running friend, uh, physical therapist, somebody who can support you through this process so that you don't feel like you are going through it alone. Absolutely. Well, Elizabeth, thank you so much for for joining me again. This was a great, great conversation. And uh, I look forward to hearing all about how your marathon goes next weekend. And I'll have to have you back on at some point so we can re- recap that and, and talk more. Yes, we'll have to have a a debrief of our marathons. Good luck in Boston. I hope you have an awesome race. Thanks so much. Thank you so much for listening. I hope you enjoyed this one. You can find contact info for both Elizabeth and me in the show notes. Please let us know what you thought about this episode. Also, help me grow the podcast by leaving a five-star rating and a review. And make sure that you hit subscribe so that you don't miss a single episode. And I look forward to bringing you more information to help you become the best version of yourself.